I want to share some things today that I think, I'm hoping will be helpful to you. Uh, otherwise, it's a waste of time us being here. <laughs> uh, it's one of those messages where I know what I want to communicate, but I haven't got rafts of pages. Aren't you glad? You should be. It just means there's a chance we might not go on too long. Um, and it's been birthed out of uh, what, what the Lord's doing with the church in general. Why do we come to church on a Sunday? Of course we come because we're, we're a family and we want to update and relate. Um, but the church historically it has become um, ineffective in its voice to the government and you know you know we talk a lot about being the ecclesia about government you know what we've just done here most churches are not like that are they let's be let's be honest I'm not criticizing them because they're not I'm just saying in most people's minds the church is some kind of club where we go to get some kind of need met and for whatever reason we go try and think like this if this was the point of contact where we trained and equipped so that what we do Sunday afternoon till next week is really our vocation, is really our call, is really who we are, yes? This, we can look at this very, very differently. I look at this, being together like this, as a training and equipping, as a fill-up station, as a place where I get shaped and challenged because I'm up close and personal with people of the same goals, the same aims. Are we all on the same page? I've all got you onto the same sort of, yeah, and we can do kingdom business, yeah. But the real impact of what we're doing here has to be seen out there. Now, one of the things that is happening in the nations, there's shaking going on, and Jesus was clear, 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 clear about the end times. Yes? Just been on holiday, loved it, was great, and I told you that I read five books, and one of the books I read... And this is not a book club because we haven't got any in. So you can't rush to the bookshop and buy them, I don't think, have we, Suzanne? It's End Times Simplified by David Slyker uh, from uh, the International House of Prayer in Kansas City. And it's a book where you look at, I don't know about you, but I look and see what, they, what it looks like inside. I mean, it's all <laughs> words on a page. But the words are like close together and there's a lot of them. That means this is going to be a hard job. Um, and I've had it on the bookshelf for a long time, but I decided I wanted to read it through. Now, it's a book about, it's like, this is, if I could just summarize it for you, it's like there's a, car, a garbage bin here of, of darkness, and it's like somebody takes the lid off, pours out this garbage, this darkness, and says, now, if you just let me take your hand... I'm going to walk you right into that. This was my experience. And I walked through the darkest of times, which I believe is upon us. And I came out of the other side with the glorious hope and confidence and strength. How is that possible? Because truth sets you free. Because truth will do something in you that nothing else can do in you. That's a summary of the book. So if you want to buy a book that's going to take you in that journey, it's a great book. I would highly recommend the book, and we are going to get some in. Uh, I'm not going to speak from the book, because this catapulted me into the realization that for the most part, the church is not speaking a message that is galvanizing the heart of individuals to stand in the day of adversity, the day of trial, and the day of darkness. Because that message is not popular. And because that message means you have choices to make that will either pour hope and strength and power into your heart, or like we were saying yesterday, will cause you to be weak, sickly, ineffective, have no voice, and when the darkness is upon you, have no strength to prevail. I'm talking about martyrdom. Every single one of us should be ready to die right now. I don't know whether I am. I'm not saying I am. I'm preaching to myself as well as you. But if you don't think about it, or you put it on the shelf over there, or you have a fear of what might take place when you get there, you were not prepared. You're not prepared. 
You know, when I was, I went over to the uh, International House of Prayer a few times, and one time uh, I heard a story, and I can't remember who told me. It may have been Angie Gregg, it may have been Lysia, but there was a family over in, in IHOP with their young children, and the, the mum and dad had prepared the two girls that if mum and dad were ever in a situation where the gun was pointing at them and they were ready to die, this is the procedure. This is the protocol. This is what you will do. Mum and dad might die in front of you. This is how your heart will be. And this is what you will do. And if you get the gunshot next, that's fine. But if you don't, this is how you... As to a child. Come on. I'm talking to adults in the main part today. If you haven't gone through a scenario in your mind about the darkest of days, you're not prepared. And Smith Wigglesworth said... If you've got to get ready, you're not ready. Am I right? So I'm hoping that the few things I'm going to say today are just going to help you to find some consolation, some strength and power. How am I going to get that feed in, Jenny? How am I going to get it? So, so I read that book. The other book that I read, or I'm, I'm partway through, is this one. And it's an old book by Tom Hess. It was written a long, long time ago. And we're going to start to study through this in prayer school in, uh, after the summer or when, whenever we get the books in. And so I'm going to pull a few things out of there that are going to help us. But the main book I'm going to go to, aren't you glad, is the Bible. So uh, I'm going to read you a couple of scriptures. Then I'm going to get you to look at a scripture. So you don't need to look at this one. Zechariah 4.14 says that on that day, Jesus will stand on the Mount of Olives. Say hallelujah. hallelujah. That's a certainty. He's coming back. 2 Timothy 4.8. Now there is in store for me. You don't need to look at this one unless you want to. Now there is in store for me, 2 Timothy 4.8, the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award me on that day. He's going to give out some awards. He's got some badges of honour to give to some people. Now there is in store for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only to me... But all who have, what? Don't look at your Bibles. All who have done what? Loved his appearing. appearing. Watched for his appearing. There's a crown of righteousness coming to those who are watching something. They're watching to see. Now, where are your eyes today? In my head, Jenny. No, I mean, where are you looking? Where's your view? Where's your vantage point? What are you looking at? There's a crown of righteousness for those who will position themselves. Imagine the darkness that you see, that, that that's coming ahead. You see, there's, there's two or three trains of thought. There's some people in the world today and believers that think that suddenly the world, we're going to wake up one day and the world is going to be in the tribulation. And the tribulation is going to be a series of events that take place, but because Jesus is just so sweet and beautiful and nice and, and you know, not, nothing bad's going to happen to us, he is just going to say, oh, forgot, forgot this, this moment, but let me just click my fingers and, and suddenly all those that believe in Jesus are going to go. Whew, that's good. We haven't got to train for anything. We haven't got to have any sense of responsibility. Well, we haven't got to watch for anything because our saviour, our redeemer is going to come and take us out. He's going to rescue us. That's a great, 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 great. If he does that, that's great. But if he doesn't do that, we ought to be prepared for the worst of times. Would you agree with me? So we're all saying today, I want my heart strengthened and I want some keys to strengthen my heart. Read the book. The third, uh, the, the, the third scripture, which I don't need you to look at, but says, it says this in Revelation 1, 7 and 8. Look, in other words, watch. Look and watch are the same word there. Watch, he is coming with the clouds and every eye will see him. Even those who pierced him, even those who mocked him, even those who scorned him, even those who blasphemed him, even those who ignored him, even those who rejected him, even those who spoke against him, every eye will see him. Every Muslim will see him. Every Buddhist will see him. Every Jehovah's Witness will see him. Every eye, every dog and cat, if they've got eyes in their head, will see him. Him. It's all about him. Jesus is going to come into the view of every single living being. 
They're going to see him. Look, watch it says. He is coming with the clouds and every eye will see him, even those who have pierced him. And all the peoples of the earth will mourn because of him. The peoples of the earth there are those that won't have an opportunity to turn and actually say, I'm sorry. The peoples of the earth that are left on that day that haven't said yes voluntarily. They're going to mourn because they're going to realize he is the one that's come that was always the one that said he was going to come and we, and we rejected him. Okay, there are three scriptures that I didn't need you to, to look at, but I want you to know that he's coming. Say Jesus is coming. This is the one I want you to look at. Philippians 4, 4 to 9. Philippians 4, 4 to 9 says, Rejoice in the Lord how many times? Always. And not only that, I say again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men because, why? The Lord is at hand. Look, watch. The Lord is at hand. Rejoice. And I say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known. The Lord is at hand. Then the New King James uses this word, be anxious. I think the King James says, be careful for nothing. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by what? And with, and again, by, and, and let your requests be made known to God. Now, if you do that, you are assured of this. Watch. Do that. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Let's go on. Finally, brethren, whatever things are True, noble, just, pure, lovely, good report. If there's any virtue and if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Have these things in view. The things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do. And what? The God of peace will be He will be with you. Now, Suzanne, can you just come and stand with me a moment, please? And I haven't finished the message yet, but I asked Suzanne if she'll pray at the end. And anybody else? I want two or three other people to come and pray at the end when I've finished. Suzanne opened the watch. Well, Maria opened the watch this morning. But then Suzanne was the first person to actually pray this morning. Now, no judgment here. I can actually remember what she said. Can anybody else remember the first thing out of Suzanne's mouth? Because she, she, she actually contributed a few times. Can you? It heard it. Did anybody else remember? If you did remember, that's exactly right. Now, why was, that, why was it like acute in me? Because the Lord said to me, I want to release my people with a key to knowing how to live in peace when the garbage can is opened up and there is darkness all around and you don't know what to do. The Lord says, I want to give them a key today of peace. I could not believe it. Suzanne goes, and Lord, today, we say, Lord, uh, we don't want a false peace. We want your... I'm thinking, oh, my goodness, Lord, you're real. You're really real. I'm sorry, but for me this morning, bang on. You're on the team. Thank you, Suzanne. Now, I know it's nothing to do... You can sit down now. It's nothing to do with Suzanne and, and I. I'm just saying, isn't that a sweet kiss from the Lord today? I was like, peace? I mean, Lord, I really don't want to talk about peace today. Peace. Peace. How do you talk about peace? He said, I'm telling you, peace. And, and then the whole fear thing, that, that was not, I didn't engineer that, the fear thing. That was like, fear has to be replaced with the peace of God, which passes all understanding. And there is a false peace that is being released in the earth so that when times of darkness come, God's people can't stand. And I don't want you to be one of those or me to be one of those. You have to know the strength that God's put in you in these days. When we go into the nations and when the nations are upon us and when things are happening, it could be any one of us this week that are faced with a gunshot. It could be any one of us going through an airport. You know, Turkey, if, we'd have just, if, our, if our arrangements were any different, it could have been any one of our team. We have to be ready people every moment of every day that it could be your time to be called home or your time to be martyred or your time, your time. Are you ready? So there's a few things that the Lord says watch for. And I want, as, we, as I just progress through these things, I, I, want, I want us to release some things at the end that the Lord brings his peace in and that we're strengthened today. Say, I'm going to be strengthened. 
So in Luke 21, you can go there if you like to. Luke 21, Jesus is speaking to his disciples about the signs and the, the end of the times. So um, I can't read the message and have my Bible open at the same time. So can you just take... Oh, no, it's okay. It's all right. I can manage. Luke. New Testament. Luke 21. Jesus is speaking to his disciples about the signs of the end of the age. Now, the first 24 verses are, uh, we could interpret these as being more directed to the believers before, who were born, or the disciples before 1967. Why do I say that? Because there's, there's a, there was a, a shift in 1967 um, and the generation that was born after 1967 is the likely generation that will see the return. Who was born after 1967 in this room? There's a mark, there's a, uh, there is a mark between, in that, in that year, where, pardon? No, there isn't. There's not many that in, in here. But 1967... Uh, After 1967, that's likely to be the generation that, can, that sees him. Yeah, well, if you're born after 1967, I'm not saying it's a, it's a definite, but these, there's, there's a, you know, we've got to remember here that Jesus is coming back. And the days are going to get dark and dark and dark and dark and dark and dark and dark. And we've got to be prepared people. We've not got to be shocked about these things that are happening. So let me give you a few facts and figures. Okay, much of what happened in the first 24, much of what is mentioned in the first 24 verses happened in the first century. Verse 24 is transitional, where it says there that, that Jerusalem will be trampled on by the Gentiles. And then it says, until the times of the Gentiles are fulfilled. So that could be the generation. After Jesus told his disciples that a time would come when the stones of the temple would be thrown down, they said to him, when will these things be and what will be the signs that they are going to take place? And here Jesus responded. So the first thing he says, Luke 21, verse 8 says, and they asked him saying, when will these things be? And he said, take heed that you be not deceived. For many will come in my name saying, I'm the Christ and the time draws near, do not go after them. Now, God is working through the prophetic ministry today. We know that, but it is very, very easy for any of us to be deceived. In fact, the Lord says, doesn't he, that he's cut the day short in the last times so that even the most elect won't be deceived. Now, the Lord's going to change time so that the elect aren't going to be deceived. There's a potential for every one of us in here to be deceived. We're living in the, in the end times. We know that Antichrist is, is, the spirit of Antichrist has been in the earth for eons but uh, I know it's going to rise up in, in a body and there's going to be a man called the antichrist but the spirit is here to deceive okay four four things then so the first one is be not deceived all right under that I just want to give you four things that will help you not to be deceived the first one is a passion for Jesus James 4, 4 and 5, you adulterous people, don't you know that friendship with the world is hatred towards God? Strong language. Uh, James 4, 4 and 5, anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world automatically becomes an enemy of God. So here's your homework. Lord, what things in my life, my thinking, uh, is, it looks like a friendship with the world. You know, when I was growing up, it was like heavy metal music. Oh, it's of the devil. If you've got a heavy metal record, yet then you are, you are destined for hell. You know, we're a bit, bit beyond that. Let's get mature about this. Anything where your affection and the things that you enjoy, where the Lord says, that's not what I want for you, is friendship with the world. Is there anything that's pulling you in? Passion for Jesus. Just tell him today. I want, I, want, I want to be revived in my passion towards you, Lord. I want to be red hot. I want to be on fire for you. Don't you? I want to, I want to be going for it, not, not mediocre. So passion for Jesus is, is point one of four under point one. Second is passion for the word of God. 
Sanctify them through your truth. Your word is truth. John 17, 17. Jesus was praying, Lord, sanctify them through your word. If you haven't got a hunger and this isn't a desire in you to read this and to enjoy this and to search things out in it, ask him. Lord, I, I, the, I really think I should have more of a desire for your word and I haven't got it. Don't beat yourself over the head and say, oh, I'm a lousy Christian because I never read my Bible. Ask him to change your heart. Lord, help me understand. Give me a desire. Put it in me. Because he wants you not to be deceived. And this word is truth. Amen. You got it. You're still with me. Passion for Jesus. Passion for the word of God. Third one, a love for the Holy Spirit. He is the spirit of truth. And I don't know how to react or, or respond to the Holy Spirit. Ask him. Show me, Lord. But then when he prompts you, don't go, oh, no. Is that me or is it you? Is it me or you? Respond to him. Move with him. Let his delight be in you because you're moving with the Spirit. Yes, you're still with me? John 16, 13 says, but when he, the Spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all the truth. He won't leave you. The Spirit of the Lord will not deceive you. He's truth. And if you don't love him, just start to say to the Lord, I need a love for your Holy Spirit. I need you to show me how to love the Holy Spirit. Show me, Lord. Help me. And then begin to talk to him about it. Passion for Jesus, passion for the Word of God, love for the Holy Spirit. And fourthly, a love for one another. And I think we're growing in this. A love for one another and obeying your leaders. Uh Uh-oh. Hebrews 10.24 says, And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. Hebrews 13.17 Obey your leaders, submit to their authority. They keep watch over you as men who must give an account. I hope you're praying for us, because that's an awesome thing. The leaders, anybody in a leadership position is going to have the Spirit of the Lord come to them and say, "Uh, right, it's your day of accounting now. There's many days I have to get before the Lord and say, I failed in my duty. He's gracious and he's generous, but it's an awesome responsibility to be in leadership. It says, then you, so that their work will be a joy, not a burden, for that would be no advantage to you. If you've got miserable, grumpy leaders, that'd be no, no joy to you, will it? It'd be no benefit to you. You want leaders who are free and moving on so that we can go together. Amen? Let's run together. So they're the four points under point one, and I haven't got any points under the other points, okay? So point one is watch that you're not deceived. Four ways not to be deceived. Are you, are you strengthened? Are you encouraged? Number two, Luke 21, 9 and 10. But when you shall hear of wars and commotions or wars and rumors of wars, be not terrified, for these things must first come to pass. This is a great message, isn't it? Jesus is saying, oh, by the way, there's going to be wars, rumors of wars, 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 wars. Can you imagine that? What, what, that's not a message of hope, is it? That's a message of doom and gloom. Luke 21, when you hit, nation will rise against nation and kingdoms against kingdoms. Now, this is interesting, uh, some, I don't know whether you knew this, you might, if you're very good students, but I want to read just, just some, uh, some, listen to this. There have only been 292 years of peace in the last 6,000 years. In the last 55 centuries, there have been 14,531 wars. 14,531, 14,531. Three and a half billion people have been killed in these wars. There have been 1,656 arms races since 650 BC. I don't know who was counting all these, but anyway. There has not been one day in the last 250 years when there hasn't been a war going on. There have been wars and rumours of wars, and this is a sign of one of the... uh, times the end times we have seen nation rising against nation a few years ago the former yugoslavia was one nation do you know how many nations it is now five that's what we were talking about in the watch eritrea was once part of ethiopia now ethiopia is divided into two nations 
God has purpose to bring people from every tribe and every nation before his throne. So God's about his business. But the wars that are going on are continuing. So when you hear of wars and rumors of wars, don't be alarmed. Jesus is on his way. Thirdly, Luke 21, 11, there will be great earthquakes in various places. Now, in 2004, there was the earthquake in the tsunami that underneath the ground. Yeah. And, uh, and we, we know that earthquakes and, and these things are happening. Luke 21, 11, there'll be famine and pestilence in various places. Luke 21, 11, 25, there will be great signs from heaven, signs in the sun, moon, and stars. You know that the Lord can rearrange the stars. There's one nation, I can't remember where it is, and the, he has rearranged the stars so that they're in a perfect cross over the nation. And uh, they're not, in those constellations, they're not like that in every nation. God, God arranges the stars to speak about him. When you see signs in the stars, get ready. He's coming. Persecution and martyrdom, Luke twenty-one twelve. I knew you would all be happy with this message and you'd be smiling and saying, yeah, rah, rah, Jenny. Before all this, before the end of the age, they will lay hands on you and they will persecute you. What would persecution look like to you? For some young people today, it's the fact that they've got no money in the pocket. That's persecution. Or the parents kick them out of bed before 12 o'clock. That is nothing to do with persecution. I remember one of the first books I read when I was a Christian. I was going to an Anglican church, and they had one of these bookshops at the end, you know, a library, a lending library. And I read um, a lot of uh, uh, Prison to Praise, Power in Praise, all those. And there was one by Richard Vermbrandt called Tortured for Christ. Did anybody ever read Tortured for Christ? Horrific. This man had been severely and brutally tortured just because he wouldn't deny Jesus. And he endured, I mean, I don't know how long he was in prison for, 14 years. But we're talking about your body, your body. You know, you can can maybe endure pain for a, a little while, but consistent, I don't know when he came out, I mean, what his body looked like, you would plead for mercy and you'd plead for them to just slip my throat or do something. You know what I mean? He endured severe persecution, tortured for Christ. I don't know what I would be able to put up with. Five minutes of them just telling me what they were going to do to me. And I think I'd say, "How, Jesus, he's got to be more real than your next breath. For him to rise up on the inside of you and sustain you through that kind of thing, you've got to have had an intimate relationship with him that has taken you through some severe things. Jesus' promises, these are. Persecution. And it says, he doesn't say, now look, they're going to lay hands on those that are. So don't be like that. No, he just says you. If you're going to own my name, get ready, because you could end up, with a little bit of pain here. <sighs> Lord. Yeah. Uh, and, and by the way, just to add to that, you will be betrayed by parents, brothers, relatives, and friends. So we're not just talking about an enemy who you haven't even seen the white of the eyes of. We're talking about somebody who you've walked with, you've shared meals with, you've entered into covenant with in some measure Even your relatives are actually going to persecute you and put you to death. Your own family members, if you own my name. I bet lots of you have got these these verses I'm highlighting are underlined, aren't they? They're the things you meditate on day and night. In your promise box, yeah. No, but it's a reality that to strengthen your heart, you've got to be faced with what might be. And you have to go through a process with the Holy Spirit in taking you through that to strengthen your heart. When we pray, we have to be prepared to say, I'm going to be an answer to the prayer. How can I pray? Lord, here am I, send them. Can't pray that. Here am I, send me means I will be an answer. I'll forget my comfort and I'll be an answer. What will it take for this one person to get saved? I'm going to, uh, you know, it's... 
So Jesus is, this is Jesus' words. They're all the red bits in my Bible. And then it says, uh, number, this is point seven. So we've had watching for rumors of wars, number two. Watching for earthquakes, number three. Watching for famine and pestilence. Remember, there's a reward coming um, for, for famine and pe- pestilence. Number five, watching the signs in the heavens, the sun and the moon. Number six, watching for persecution and martyrdom. I don't know what the church would look like. What would it look like next week if, if five of you this week have actually uh, died as a result of, of saying yes to Jesus? Would we come into church and be mourning, sorrowful, distressed, lacking hope? Or would we run to that promise and say, it's, it's, it must be near. It, Jesus actually must be near. Let's get strengthened. Let not their blood be in vain. Let not their death be in vain. They're in a better place. They're with him. They're seeing him. There's a reward for them. Think about how will you be in those days. So the fifth one, watching for betrayal and hatred by parents, brothers, relatives, friends. Your sons, your daughters, your sisters, your brothers. This is about you and Jesus. And then number eight, watching for the times of the Gentiles to be fulfilled. Luke twenty-one twenty-four. they will fall by the sword and will be taken as prisoners to all the nations. Jerusalem will be trampled on by the Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles are fulfilled. And then Luke twenty-one thirty-two says, when they sprout leaves, the kingdom of God is near. That generation will not pass away until these things have happened. So there's a generation that's going to see all these things, and it could be the generation that was born post-1967. And then number nine, watching the roaring and the tossing of the sea, Luke 21, 2 and 5. On the earth, nations will be in anguish and perplexity at the roaring and the tossing of the sea. I mentioned the Indian Ocean earthquake that happened on Boxing Day in 2004, the tsunami. There were 230,000 people in 14 countries that lost their lives. 230,000 people. And you can see, if you go on the internet, you can see where it started and how it rippled out and how it caused all that. Uh, some waves 100 feet high in that. One of the deadliest natural disasters recorded in history. It caused the entire planet to vibrate as much as one centimetre and triggered other earthquakes as far as Alaska. It caused the whole planet to shake. One event could happen tomorrow. Something could happen in the United Kingdom and it could wipe out the whole of Burton-on-Trent and the surrounding district. Are we ready? Good message. Come on, encourage me. Good message. It's so exciting to me. It's so exciting. These things have to take place. And the last one is number 10. Luke twenty-one twenty-six says, And there shall be signs in the sun and moon, men's hearts failing them for fear and looking after those things which are coming on the earth for the powers of heaven will be shaken. There are going to be your neighbours and your friends who are literally going to be wrapped with fear. And that fear is going to be so powerful that if there's an inch of it or a smell of it in you, it will have you captive. Am I a bit of a drama team? Am I getting the message over? Listen, if there's some fear in me and someone else has fear, listen, it's great, you can have a great fear party. Because one little bit of fear and another bit of fear together makes a huge bit of fear. And you can, yeah, I mean, you know, I can remember growing up. I don't know whether my dad will remember ever, ever remember this, but my mum was always fearful about what we did and where we went and everything. And I, we were, I was going on a school trip, and I was going on a coach. And I was looking forward to this school trip. I'm a child, right? The night before. Oh, I don't, I don't like you. I don't like to think of you going on those roads. I don't like to think of you going all that way on that coach all day. I don't, I don't like to think of you going, uh, I, couldn't, I couldn't sleep. I'm thinking, dear Lord, what's going to happen to me? Fear breeds fear. Fear breeds fear. 
Now, I, I love my mum, you know that. And, but we're believers in Jesus. We have a hope that's eternal. He's saved us. We sing it every Sunday in church. It's got to be a reality. That, and going back to Mary's testimony, that, that somebody looks into her eyes and doesn't see the purple hair necessarily, but says, you know, there's terror in me shaking for what's happening in the world. But I see a steadiness inside of you. What is that? What is that? You just say, well, it isn't something, it's a somebody. You're just looking straight at him. Because Jesus is the hope of the nations and there's a shaking going on. And I think if you have fear, if you're delivered of fear, and if you can get into a place where you're confident that this stuff here, he's going to take you through. I mean, David Slyker's book, like I said, it's, it's a shocker. But there's hope all the way through it. But for those that dare to embrace the things that Jesus has said, you can have a power and a strength released into you. And then you can go and sniff out that fear. Why can't you go find it? I can see you're not looking. You're not looking too chipper and you're not looking too bright today. Are you afraid of what's going on in the world? Don't you think it's bad? And they go, yeah. Well, I've got a hope that is steadfast and certain, who's gone through the curtain and touching the throne. I've got an answer to what I see in your eyes. Why should we fear death, brothers and sisters? Why should we fear death? Death, where is your sting? Where is your victory? I'm saying all this. We're all going to different parts of the, of the, of the European, you know. I'm just saying, if, if I'm not here next week, <laughs> you know, for all of us, for all of us. So let's, let's just ask the Lord. Galvanize our hearts. Lord, we, we want to agree with your word today, Lord. We don't just want the pretty bits, Lord. We don't just want the nice bits. We don't just want the bits that say, oh, give us a comforting word, Lord. We want the truth that sets us free. And Lord, where there's fear in us or there's apprehension in us, we want you to root that out, Lord. And we want you to do it in the way that only you can do it. Up close and personal, draw us into intimacy. Draw us into times with you, Lord, where you pour in that peace of God which passes all understanding so that we have a testimony and a walk to walk, so that we're not fearful and unbelieving like the world. We're not weak and insipid, but we have a hope and a confidence, Lord, that causes us to walk tall and straight, that causes us to be strong in our God. Lord, I'm asking you today that you would even deal with our hearts today. So I've asked Suzanne to start. I want just a couple of other people to come and pray. After I've spoken, just come and pray, please. Who would like to just pray and ask the Lord to release something over us today? It's Maria. Somebody else? Come. Anybody else? I'm going to ask for whoever's coming to come now. But once I've said no more, no more. So if, you've, if you're standing, come. Okay, after Alexis then. Now, well, this is just so that we know when we're finished, you know. Because <laughs> sometimes when we say, right, if, if you want to come and pray, come and pray. And then we wait until the last one's gone and then we get up. And then it actually just, we, don't, we never know when we're going to finish then. So we're finished after Alexis. So Jane, are you going to just play for us? So let's have our hearts open. It's a hard message, but Jesus said to me today, I want to release keys of peace. So he wants to bless us and strengthen us. And open us up to new things. Lord, we fix our eyes on you today. Lord, we want to be good watchmen, but Lord, we want our eyes to be on you. Lord, that you will be our first priority. Lord, that when we start every day, Lord, that our first thought will be you and what you're doing and where you want to send us and where what your commission is for us that day. Lord, we've, we've dealt with fear this morning and we say we will not be afraid of anything that you call us to do, but we will be bold in our exploits for you. Lord, as we, we prepare ourselves, Lord, for the coming days, Lord, we want to be those that are ready. We want to be those that are walking close to you, that we can hear your voice, Lord, in every situation, Lord. Lord, we will have the things in place that we need to have in place not out of fear but Lord out of confidence in you that you are more than able to to take us through and and for us to be a victorious people Lord help us to be ones that will lead others Lord that will be an example for others Lord that they can run to us because we have found our place of refuge in you Amen and as we pray I think it would be good to sow of our substance okay because 
We're praying to release now what Jenny has released as a word. We're praying for God to release that key to us. Why don't we, we sow by actually getting up and saying, yeah, we want that release. We want that key. Lord, we want to sow into that. We want to give into that. We want to believe into that. We want to stand into that in that place. So, Lord, I just thank you that you haven't given us a spirit of fear but you've given us a spirit of love of power and of a sound mind and lord i release and decree in this place this morning love power and a sound mind lord we put our hands on our heads and we say thank you that we have the mind of christ thank you lord that you've given us a spirit of boldness you haven't given us that spirit of timidity and we receive it now, Lord. And we say we don't, we're not receiving any other mindset other than the mind of Christ right now. We say thank you that we have a biblical mindset which puts, enables us to put our trust and our faith in you. And so we choose, Lord, the place of faith and not the place of fear. In Jesus' name. Lord, we thank you for your peace this morning. Thank you for the peace that surpasses all understanding, Lord. And Father, I pray that you may strengthen our hearts, strengthen our minds. Lord, make us steady in our thoughts, Father God, so that we think things that are of you, Lord. So we think higher things, Lord, pure things, noble things, as your word says, Father God. Lord, I thank you that your light pierces through the darkness. And Father, I pray that you may give us dove's eyes, dove's eyes that recognize your light, Lord, dove's eyes that are able to just see you, Lord, even when there's so many other things that are demanding that we look at them, so many things that are demanding that we listen to them, Father. I pray that we may just hear you, That we may just look at you, Father, and refuse, Lord. Refuse to listen to any other voice. Lord, we choose this morning to listen to you. We choose this morning to look at you. And to obey you. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Father, we bless you. That your peace is not something which is wishy-washy. But we thank you, it's your peace that garrisons our hearts, that surrounds us, that protects us, that guards us and keeps us in your way. Lord, you have directed our steps. You've directed our steps in in all that you have planned and purpose for us to do. And as we look to you, you've promised that you will cover us with your feathers. Under your wings, we will trust. Our hope is completely in you. And Lord, we thank you that in all of these things that you take us through and bring us through, you already have sent out your angelic force as well. And we thank you as they go before us, Lord. And we have an example of those who've come to that point where the sword is on their neck. And you've strengthened them right in that moment so that they can overcome. And you've called us to be overcomers. We don't know what the day will bring. We don't know where we'll be called to stand. But we bless you that in that moment we trust in you, the God of hope, the God who garrisons us and will give us the power to overcome and stand strong and firm and not renege on all of your promises and not renounce who you are to us. Lord, you are the one who causes us to triumph before our enemies. Our hope and our trust is in you. Thank you, Lord. So, Father, we thank you, Lord, as we've already heard, Lord God, and that word's in my heart, Lord, that you've not given us, Lord God, a spirit of fear, of timidity, Lord God, but of power, love, and a sound mind. And by faith, Lord God, we stand before you, Lord, and we receive that fresh anointing, Lord God, that fresh presence, Father, of power and of love, Lord God. And above all, Lord God, in this moment, I ask, Lord God, and we receive, Lord God, sound mind, Father, that our minds will not be tormented, Lord God, with, with, with fear, Lord God, and concern and anxiety, Lord God, that makes us unstable. 
stable. But Father, we, we position ourselves right now, Lord God, in a place, Lord, of power and of love and a sound mind, Lord God, to go on from this place, Lord God, as the, the teams are going throughout Europe, Lord God. Father, as the team is going to be here, Lord, in this place at base, Father, we do it and we move forward, Lord, with but with power, love, and a sound mind, Lord God, and we give you all the praise and all the glory in Jesus' name. Father, thank you that you have given us authority in Christ Jesus. We believe, Lord, but help our unbelief. We ask that you release in us the faith, the belief that we have authority over fear and not the other way around. Lord, at this time, you have given all the, the power of the enemy to us to put under our feet. And fear comes from the enemy. We place fear under our feet according to your word. And we declare fear has no dominion over us. And Lord, we just ask that when fear faces us, comes our way, will you order, will you command your angels to strengthen us? At that time, we choose to move forward as those that have no fear. We move forward as those that have power and a sound mind and authority. From now on, we will not operate in fear. In Christ Jesus, we are those that are bold. We are courageous. Fear has no portion in us, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your word today. Thank you that we have the peace of Jesus because we have the spirit of Jesus in us. And even as we go forth from now, Lord, your peace will surround us. Your peace will even saturate to those that we come across, Lord. Your peace will infiltrate our atmosphere. We are those that have the message of peace because the peace, the Prince of Peace is in us. Thank you, Lord, for what you have activated today. Because we believe we are going forth as those without fear. In the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, you loved us while we were still sinners. And with some of us, sometimes, we, we, we're still trying to earn your love. Oh, you loved us while we still had our backs to you. Oh, wow. What an awesome love, Lord. We rejoice in that love. We say you're incomparable to anything else. We can't read enough books, go to enough services to please you. You're pleased with us. You love us so much. Father, we rejoice in that. We rejoice that you love us when we struggle to love ourselves. That there's a power in love that casts out the fear. Father, Help us abide in that love without trying to strive to do anything ourselves. Paul said his sufficiency was from you. May our sufficiency and our trust, we give it to you right now. We give our sufficiency and our trust to you right now. And we thank you that you love us just as we are. And that is our strength and our rejoicing. Every day we're going to go up and down, up and down. And the devil will say to us, you're only as good as your circumstances. But the Lord says, you are as good as what I went through for you. Look what I've gone through for you. Through everything, you can rejoice. So we rejoice, Lord. We rejoice. We rejoice in the quiet place. We jump up and down. But we can't believe it, but we will believe it in faith that you loved us that much. Thank you, Jesus. fits in with biblical prophetic word you know this is God's word it's true and when Jenny said that 1967 was a key thing there was a major event that happened in 1967 which came on the back of other prophetic words and it affected Israel and in 1967 Israel uh, Jerusalem um What's the word again? Israel, that the Jewish people were given control of Israel after the Six-Day War. And that's a, that's a prophetic word that was fulfilled. And so all the things you've said today, Jenny, 
are so encouraging because we know that God actually fulfills his prophetic word. And when he does it, we know we can trust him. The, the reunification of Jerusalem had to happen because Yeshua is coming back to put his feet on the Mount of Olives to, to be with his people. So, Father, I want to bless you today with my brothers and sisters. I thank you for your word, Lord. Although it's tough, it's tough stuff. We know that we can trust you. We know, Father, that there's nothing that we have to endure that you will not support us in. You you say in your word, I can't remember the exact words, but you actually say that nothing can separate us from the love of Christ, whether it's death or persecution or anything like that. So we pray today, Father, and we declare that we as your people will day by day grow in that eternal hope that you've put within us. It will get stronger and stronger, and it's that eternal hope that will sustain us in that day. And Father, we just take a moment to pray for the many believers, our many brothers and sisters today, who are being persecuted for the faith. And Lord, we would cry out to you, that you would cause them to know that eternal hope when the most horrendous things that are happening to them that we can't even imagine. Father, cause them to look up to you. Like Martin Luther said, I will not and I cannot because my conscience and the world won't allow me to recant. Father, we pray that you would bless them, you would strengthen them, you would uphold them. And Father, we thank you also for the cloud of witnesses. Thank you for everyone that's in the cloud of witnesses, Lord. And we look forward to the day when we'll join with them. We bless you. We can trust you. We can stand confident in your word. In Yeshua's name. Yeah, Lord, we say, just as they said in the book of Daniel, Lord, even if you don't deliver us, Lord, from the trials, we will not bow down and worship any other God. We say we worship you and you alone. And Lord, we look for the day of your appearing. But Lord, we choose to be steadfast in that waiting. We choose to be steadfast in that watching. But we look with joy for your return.